Happy 2022, Goose Buddies. Hello. Hey, we're here. We're here. We we made it. It's a new year. Um, you know, we're we're updating the podcast, and I think are we working on it? <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah. I think we've been. You know, we're ready to finally tell people about the new things we're bringing out to to keep up with the times. And are are, are we? Oh God! Yeah, what, what and, it's, we- and it's guys. I got you all to sign on board. And you signed the documents like back in summer. Uh, Goosebuds NFTs are coming out. Oh, oh no! What have we joke. done? What have we done? And, and I, I'm really excited. I, I Chad, think like yeah. Chad, when, when I told you every podcast has an NFT guy, that wasn't a suggestion. Was- oh, I thought it was like I thought it was passive aggressive pressure. So I got it going. Kevin was like, "It will not be me. It better be one of you two because I am not giving in and liking NFTs." Yeah, well, um, be excited, boys, because you know, I guess I'm telling you guys here on the podcast as well. But what are we? What's our? What's we, our grip? We're going to launch our new line of NFTs, and we're doing something a little bit different. Oh. Doing something a little bit different. We're doing These it are NFTs a little stupider on this podcast. A little stupider, but they're but they're physical NFTs. <laughs> okay. These are these are organic wooden NFTs. Okay, you're saying these are unscreenshotable. Unscreenshot. You can't screenshot them. That's the problem, right? You can always just right click and say these are only in meat space NFTs. Okay. Okay. These are made out of real recycled uh, wood and paper paste. Mm-hmm. Uh, cir- circular, perfectly round like a coin. So it's also kind of like a Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. And you can stack them. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think. I uh-huh. I think I see where we are. I think I've cracked <laughs> Chad's subtle code. Yeah. Chad, like many storytellers of old, has cloaked himself in the guise <laughs> of the enemy for uh, a, a little act of satire. And he is suggesting that we mint pogs. Yeah. Oh, and our pogs pogs are open source. They're they're unregulated, so you can oh definitely my God. use pogs for any sort of a transactions you want to use. The analog is perfect between pogs and <laughs> NFTs. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. These are better too cuz like, you know, I so many times you're like I have this NFT but I lost my 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 hard drive wallet. I can't access it anymore. <laughs> what we're going to give you when you buy your first 10 Goosebuds non Non fungible tokens. Nice fun toys. <laughs> I like nice fun toys. Neat, not, about neat, neat, neat fun, neat, neat fun toys. Neat fun toys. I have concerns. Yes, because you love the rules. Because I love the rules. Um, <laughs> you love regulation. I, I know that we're destroying an amount of trees in order to make pogs. Because, yeah. as we all know, for a true pog. You must destroy at least ten trees. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the the best pog, Kevin. As we all know, yeah, the best strongest pogs come from the center core ring of a tree of mm-hmm. a great red oak. Yeah, but not every red oak is up to snuff for pog duty. And the so. only way we know is to mint them into a pog to be sure that they to test their the hardness of their wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bit of a Schrodinger's pog. <laughs> My my concern is if we're going to call these NFTs, then they're not doing nearly enough environmental damage. We got to. Really, well, we just said we're destroying know. trees for them. What else do you want? Not do? enough. Are okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, for oh, a gee, okay. Kevin <laughs> came in from a different angle than I thought. All right. All right well, let's, how can we? How can we <laughs> what, raise what else would appease you, Kevin? Well, for me, the real draw of the NFT is the fact that it's destroying this horrible blue marble that we live on. What if I told you, Kevin? Because. Yes. 
because theft of nice, fun toys is rampant in Toys R Us stores across the. It's mostly why Toys R Us is going out of business. Is everyone's been stealing? Who's going to be stealing these goose buds? They're paying nice high, 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 high prices for these. High prices at manufacturers' rates too. Not they're not paying retail for this. They're the oh, ma- the, yeah. the the cost. <laughs> the, the base cost is extremely high. I got an idea too. Let's, Chad, I don't want to jump on your idea. I do have an idea though. Another way to make this. Okay, well, sure. Well, I just want to throw this out there just to add on to it because uh, these are all these are all yeses. The nice fun toys can be everything that we need them to be. Uh, they are triple packaged in plastic. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was going to say uh, just take, you know, I'm going to like all the best marketers do. I'm going to steal what other marketers do. Uh, and so, you know, like uh, the shoe companies that are like, you buy a pair of these shoes, we're going to give another one away. They, <laughs> the same thing with with our NFTs. They You buy one, there will be another one made and then burnt right away. Just burn. Oh, okay. Just burn. They're not going to give it away to somebody in need or anything like that. We send that, it straight to hell. We send it straight to hell because, <laughs> because if I gave it to somebody for free, that's one less NFT that we're going to sell. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know that there is a undead form languishing in hell while you have the other copy. <laughs> Someone's being tortured to death and they're like, oh, oh, oh a, a pog with, with podcasters on it. <laughs> How fun. That was the end of my bit. <laughs> well, Chad, it was a harrowing bit, but a necessary one, I feel. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know what your bit did for us? It allowed us to experience true fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only mm-hmm. The but- only fear that is scary is true horror, true real that- horror. Uh, yes, yes. So you're saying by presuming or presenting real terror, you might be able to capture genuine frights, much mm. like the... The antagonist of this book? The artiste of this book. <laughs> so that's a lots of big compliment to give to uh R.L. Standen. What's his name? Uh Faraday. R.B. Faraday. R.B. Faraday. We are talking about Welcome to Goosebuds. Hello. I'm Chad. I'm Kevin. And I'm Paul. And before we're all immortalized in pog form, we are going to talk about this Goosebumps 2000 book, Fright Camp. Which had a scary little raccoon on the cover. He's getting into your trash. I like that the cat, the raccoon did show up very briefly. <laughs> For no reason. He wasn't even scary. No. no. It was just like a, a stray paragraph. RL's like, oh, and there is a raccoon popping out of a trash can. It was almost insulting to Jacobus Art on the front of this book. Yeah, yeah like, not to not to knock Jacobus is usually hitting them home runs pretty straight. I don't know if uh well, you told me the title's Fright Camp. I don't know if just a wa- randomly wild raccoon that doesn't look much different than most raccoons can be any other than the green eyes just in some trash. That's nature, man. I mean, it's definitely it's rabbit. I mean, that's for fucking sure. Look at that thing. Look at those teeth. Yeah, but what does raccoon in a trash can say about camp? Like this doesn't this this doesn't make any sense with the rest of the book. Well, the, like, do you not see the human femurs behind it? I do. I do. They're it's eating just... people at this camp, so that's scary, <laughs> I guess. I also see some very fresh grapes. They threw out some... That should have been uh, Imperfect Foods. Could have <laughs> saved those for sure. And that apple core? Who ate that apple core? They left so much apple on that uh, core. Uh, that's the real scare is the waste. Food waste. So, Paul, you would point out when we started re- reading this, uh, this log line or this tagline... Where the wild things are, dot, 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 out of control. Which is what a wild thing is. I don't know if they... Where they 
if you go to where the wild things are in control, I would argue they're not wild things. Yeah. I guess like part of the Spike Jones movie, they were kind of mumblecore and just kind of hanging out. <laughs> you were talking so about they weren't too out of control. Yeah, we were talking about the mumblecore nature of that. I would I would have enjoyed a mumblecore version of Frank. This book, this is a, this is a book. Um, <laughs> had had some big highs and a lot of lows for me. How do you all feel? A lot about of lows, it? huh? Hmm. I I think so. I started this about like two hours before we recorded. I'm like, that's plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And like, I. I just had to put the book down a few times and be like, I know I'm wasting time, but God, fuck, I can't take any more of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) So first off, we're introduced to the two main characters right away. And we're introduced, their first attribute is that they love the horror director R.B. Faraday. Mm -hmm. And R.B. Faraday is a stand-in for R.L. Stein, uh, obviously. Oh! And... (laughs) Oh, I get it now. The book's good. <laughs> the book is good, guys. He's he's R.L. Stein of if R.L. Stein was a film director. I kept yeah. trying to compare him to like maybe this would be. It's not even a John Carpenter. Like like an Ed the Wood. Titles of maybe. all his movies, an Ed Wood or like this feels like a Canon Films director, right? Yeah, like, right. There's a lot of the, a lot the of first, schlock. The, even the book starts off with the Revenge of Doctor Cruel, Carnival of Disgusting Horrors, Crab Monsters versus the Leech People. All probably more interesting stories than what we read in this book, but it it feels kind of like that like eighties B movie where a couple are famous, but there's a lot of just like you ironically love these films because mm-hmm. of how stupid they are. Right, right. Um, the question is, the question we have to ask is, is RL going to be self aware while writing this? Is he? And and the answer is yes. And the the question then we have to ask is if he is aware of the of the self of of his self while while writing this, will he upend his own tropes? And the answer is no, he will not. That's <laughs> why so I wondered how well how self aware he was, or if he just thought it was the name was enough. I'm very curious about it. Did did you guys find this first chapter a little awkward? It's weird because it only serves to, to set up who the characters are and what they're into, and then and then like we probably could have just gone to camp, right? Yeah, and and like on on top of that, like it, it's just some really weird stilted dialogue, even for RL. There is some incredibly bad dialogue in this that I had to that I've made notes of. We will talk about it. There's some mm-hmm. really there's some lines that RL could not have read out loud to himself. Yeah, <laughs> because if he did, he would have been like, "Why would anyone talk like that?" Yeah, l- like listen to this exchange on page three. The camp had everything: the haunted forest, the lake of water zombies. Wow. <laughs> How will we ever wait till July? I cried. I wish I could close my eyes and it would be summer now, Tyler declared. Don't <laughs> Don't worry, Tyler. On the next page, you will close your eyes and it will be summer now. I am looking forward to the book beginning, he said. Yeah, I'm sure he says. Uh, yeah. I will say this I, though. I will say this about it. I think that RL's like like names that he came up with are cool in this one like lake of the water zombies i was like okay i'm into this yeah the horror well titles are his game dude like he's all about the titles (laughs) writing is 90 percent a good title yeah he is on his name game this this book i would put this this is a camp uh book for sure but i would Mm -hmm. put this in like 
the more um, horrorland genre yes. of Goosebumps books. It is a it is an amalgam of the two for sure. It's, yeah, it's a little shocker on shock. I I we talked often about how uh, the the camp books are often the more solid ones. There's something about right. the setting. It gives it gives our a lot of excuses to get the appearance out of there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yep. Just you can just let the kids be exposed to horrors, and 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 they are, and they are in this, <laughs> and they are. I I kind of I was feeling this really hard at the beginning because this is. Uh, we'll lay this lay this intro down a little bit, as we already said. Um, yeah. Andrew and his brother Tyler, they're going to a camp, which is advertised as the famous director R.B. Faraday. Will is running this camp. This is a very like camp crusty mm-hmm. vibe. Um, which should I I would say is horrifying if you went the camp crusty route of like, oh, things are just going to be neglect and right. there's gonna be no mm-hmm. child supervision and tetanus running amok. Right. But it, instead it is this like you will just get pronked over and over again pronked. by oh, <laughs> pronked, <laughs> pranked. <laughs> That was my oh hello fandom sleeping in. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because I was typing out t- notes as I read read this, and I wrote "parked," "parked" <laughs> instead of "pranked," and I was like, "That's a fun way to say pranked." Wrong. That is a fun way to say "parked." You guys got parked. Got parked. Like the the first the first real one. I think this camp starts out s- pretty swinging. The great movie ride hijacking of the bus. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was like, like they're just on the way to camp, and then the bus driver is. I, I guess I assumed they were moving and on the road, but a man boards the bus and attacks the bus driver and takes it over, and now there is a masked man driving a bus full of yeah, kids. Yeah, don't undersell that the man walks on in a large black hat, black face facial covering, black yeah. sweatshirt, and black pants. He's in, a, he's in a murderer's outfit, and he takes he's over- He's an MIB. He's an MIB, and he throws- <laughs> He throws the SOB driver right out the door while the bus is, I believe, moving. No, no, it stopped at that point. But he does throw him out. People, dude, he he takes out the fucking trash. He like, takes out the <laughs> people take fucking blows for this. Like this is like yeah. they're putting people over. And he's a rest, little bit of wrestling terminology. These yeah. these marks are taking hits in this book. They are kayfabe as shit. Yes. In this. Um, I, I, and like the kids are generally freaked out. Kids are crying and screaming and like truly traumatized on this ride. I, I liked this part. And then you, you kind of have, uh, I think this book's biggest flaw comes up already here where, you know, they know it's a camp for a horror director. Mm-hmm. Um, either Andrew or Tyler is like, oh, well, I mean, this is a camp that promised to scare us. This is clearly fake. Right. And then the bus driver, then the the madman has driven past the entrance to the bus, and they're like, "Oh wait, maybe it's not. Oh, it's just really there's a second hidden entrance. It is fine. Everything's okay. There's a lot of like, it's a joke. It's not though. Right. It's, but it's a joke. Right. There's a lot of that. That's what, and that's what this the thing is, right? It's the self awareness of like the the tropiness, but it never. It never does anything to circumvent those tropes. It always falls back to the same trope. And he yeah. he said he says what the trope is going to be, at, which you probably have figured out as a reader. And then and then is like, and I'm gonna do it. Fuck you, I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I've kind of already played that card. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Just like Coraline, there's a lot of back and forth with trust. Like, right. the camp wouldn't really let them do this, right? So it's not really happening. Or is it? Like, 
it's 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 a lot of the same like they're joking they're not joking they're totally joking or are they like right just over and over and over again and it it gets to be a little much my other complaint with this book is there are so many fucking characters there are a lot of kids there's maybe too many too many kids um on the bus alone we meet uh two meredith and elizabeth who we mentioned right. uh, elizabeth is a fake horror fan so i immediately <laughs> Feel kinship with her. <laughs> yeah, look, all the other horror fans are going off about their sick freak likes and what they're into. And and uh, Meredith is like, but maybe we could do a little arts and crafts. And they're like, fuck uh, yeah. you, Meredith. Eliz- Eliz- Elizabeth wants to do the arts. Oh, I'm sorry. Elizabeth is the fake horror fan. I'm I, sorry. I wanted there to be, and maybe Elizabeth could have been that. I wanted there to be one kid whose like, parents didn't read the brochure fully. Like, they're not into horror movies. Right. They just... I thought this was like 4-H camp and oh my God, I don't even want to be here. And they're just like kind of over the genre. Right, yeah. right. Elizabeth's like, I, I brought my, you know, Pokemon Blue and uh, <laughs> I brought my, brought my Game Link cable in case anybody wants to trade or battle. And all of the horror nerds are like, we're not that kind of nerd, Elizabeth. She's like, oh my God, I'm going to die out here. And then the bus swerves in front of a giant tractor trailer and, and the horn honks. The, this, yeah. dr- this driver, <laughs> the, the, the man who takes over, the hijacker, seriously risks these children, even for a prank, even for a goof, bro. It is very, very dangerous what is happening here. And I love well, that about this because this book swerves into the face of danger constantly. <laughs> Well, Paul, I'm sure the driver was also employed by R.B. Faraday and like oh, the whole course. highway was just an elaborate set piece. All a ruse. <laughs> it wasn't even a fake street. I, I I I found I kept thinking like it was hard for me not to think about the industry and stuff. I reading this because this yeah. is like uh, it's kind of a cute detail. Uh, if depending on your reading, where they show up to the camp and you know R.B. Faraday is there. And they're like, wow, look, this camp's got everything from all of his movies. It's really, it's like a fan convention. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, there's the spin and scream ride from Carnival of Disgusting Horrors. And 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 then they point to my favorite one, which is, and that's the track from Go-Karts from the Evil Kingdom, I told myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that one sounds great. Whatever that movie is, I want to watch Go-Karts from the Evil Kingdom. But it's like... I interpret that less as R.B. Uh, I'm going to call him Salinger for some reason. R.B. <laughs> Faraday. Uh, instead of he's like, he spared no expense to bring all these things from his movies. It's more just like he had all the props like in his house. Uh-huh. And they just kind of laid them out everywhere. Yeah, I pictured a Guillermo uh, horror house situation. Yeah. If, if Guillermo... Uh, if Del Toro dragged like 20 things from Blighthouse into a random camp and it was like, here you go, it's Guillermo camp. What are you going to do? Prepare to get spooked. You want to, you want to ride the hell beast from Hellboy one? Go ahead. Don't, don't break it though. I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please. That'd actually be kind of a cool camp. And it, and the camp sounds dope when they show up because you do see that they have thrill rides and go-karts. It looks sick. It's like when it's like the beginning of Heavyweights where you're like, this is a great camp. I'm excited to hang out <laughs> at this camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a good camp. Yeah. If there was a real camp where you got to hang out with like John Carpenter, <laughs> old man Carpenter is, is paying for this camp and like. You're going to just watch his horror movies and have activities based around them. Like maybe there's a whole like, which one of you is the thing? Uh-huh. At night, I'm going to play my EDM mix for you because I just <laughs> do that now. That would be a sick camp. 
<laughs> dude if if john carpenter came out every night and fucking wailed on the guitar for you for like an oh hour my and a half god yeah oh, oh my god. god just blasted you with his heavy tunes <laughs> hell yeah as you're, as you're drinking bug juice uh-huh Get my get my first kiss while John Carpenter's just playing around the keyboard. Yeah, so that's that's rad. While the Halloween theme plays, that's not what this book is, though. No, dude, no. But you know, you know, if they did like an adult camp for horror fans, that'd be the horny fucking camp. Oh yeah, people be smooching. It's a kiss. It's a kissing camp. Sure, but would also, but wouldn't you? I think at horny camp, <laughs> I don't want to call it horny camp. Adult horny camp. I'd be like, if we fuck, we're gonna die though. Like that's the. <laughs> Well, that's the risk we take. And that's this this book, right? Is these are all of the all of the children are sick freaks who want to who love horror, so they all deserve death, right? That's what this mm-hmm. whole thing is about. Like that's what we're exploring with this book. At least that's what I got from it. Because all the kids are like every single one of them is ready for fear. They 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 live <laughs> for fear. And they're here to be feared. Meanwhile, I'm wearing no fear shorts. I don't want any fear in my life. We're the we are the opposite end. So Kevin is the the fear the fear <laughs> yeah. the fear neutral who lives in between Ch- us. Chad, no fear. Kevin, some fear. Paul, several fear. Live for fear. Several fear. All these are available on Goosebuds.store. <laughs> um, so the setup for it, because I think this, this book starts off pretty strong and then kind of meanders is. Is you're here at camp? And I don't you're know. You're gonna be here all summer, Chad. Uh, I, Chad, I I kind of agree that it does sort of meander in that. Like, I don't know that you ever feel like there's a point to this book. <laughs> you know, like there's there's like no like goal for this book. Yeah, <laughs> there's no goal, but. But horrors are constantly happening in it, which is kind of cool. And it's not like an open-ended mystery, like a whodunit sort right. of thing. It's a true or false sort of mystery. Right. Sure. This is either this is either real or not, and yeah. we'll just be talking about that for the whole time. And the mm. the main character does not seem too interested in figuring out if it's real or not. <laughs> no, not no. Quite. I think I th- and maybe this is just reading this as adults. I I feel like RL or whoever wrote this kind of like spoiled any sort of vibe for the twist, quote unquote, by when we first meet RB Faraday. I think this is like the first main day of camp. They're mm-hmm. all assembled in the in the main lodge, the right. mess hall, and there's, there's posters everywhere, and there's a couple yep. tall counselors, including one guy with a an anime throbbing scar on his forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's Alfonso. He's the assistant warden. Yeah, which will will he'll come up a lot. And and RB shows up. He's just hanging out here at camp with like I don't know however many kids. This must be a kind of expensive camp to get RB here. I, that's right. I well, and I, here's what I was thinking too: the the horror per child ratio in this very high. I think that like like you're saying like, there's maybe 30 kids here is the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah. And yeah. and there is a lot of attention being poured to, onto each child to give them all maximum horror and mm. it had the price of admission had to be very high for this camp. Well, so we we skipped several things to get to RB Faraday. Uh, the bees. We 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 skipped uh Jack and Chris who are the bunkmates of our main characters. Yeah, the bunkmates of Tyler and Andrew. Oh, thank you. When we first meet Jack, he's pretending his hand is stuck in a wasp nest. Mm-hmm. But it turns out it's just like a, a prop with a little speaker inside of it. Which is interesting because if you've ever interacted with a wasp's nest, 
you know that mm. the second you touch that nest, the environment around you becomes wasps. It does not, yeah. there is no, the weather is wasps <laughs> at that yeah. point. It's never, oh my, they're all trapped in the nest. Uh, yeah. It is wasp weather at that point. You are going to be rained upon by wasps. Yeah. But that's not what happens here. Instead, Jack is sitting, screaming, get my hand out. The wasps things, they've swollen my hand, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, and they can't pull it out. And then he pulls it out. And then it is revealed that it was a, I guess they're leaving prank, uh, prank prompts around the around the park. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. maybe there's no script for this, and this is more of an improv camp where like we're just leaving you fun things for you actors to play with. Right? If you want to play with the wasp nest? Go with it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, we do find that we do find out something about Jack and Chris later. <laughs> right. But, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Even here, we know this is a fake wasp. It's just with a speaker inside. Uh, uh, listen, a lot of time and money is being made for these random uh, effects, real effects. Yep. There's also a quicksand pit, which we know isn't real, thanks to Kevin. Well, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> It's not real. There's no such thing as quicksand. You say this, Kevin, and then I'm going to die in a quicksand someday, and it'll be like the big news reports. Yeah, Mr. Quant walked into it because he said, well, this can't hurt me because my friend Kevin said so, and then he died. It's fake. There's no such thing as quicksand. Mm. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry to break it to you, but it just it doesn't exist. Sounds like what's something that a person who has surrounded their entire home with quicksand would say. Yeah, yeah. This might be my truth or thing. This might be my flat earth, but I still believe in quicksand. Sorry, guys. I'll I'll put I'll post relevant data about how quicksand doesn't exist later. But right now we gotta handcuff some kids to a desk. Oh yeah, okay, my so god! What was that? What was that about? Okay. <laughs> like, why? I actually think that this was very smart from like a theatrics perspective because mm -hmm. you want the kids to be scared right and you right. don't want them to run away when you bring a live gorilla into the okay go ahead yeah so so they they handcuff and wire all the kids uh to this big cable which uh according to rb faraday uh, I guess it's a device that turns their fear into electricity. Well, it's uh, it's unclear. It's never explained because they talk about <laughs> the fear meter, right? Is what it's called, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's from his movie, from, I think it's called The Revenge of Dr. Cruel. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there's a line that I remember going like, this is frustrating because we've just talked about how long these kids are RB fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, he, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's that thing from, from the movie. Uh, I hadn't seen The Revenge of Dr. Crew in a long time. I struggled to remember exactly what the fear meter did. Right. And then we never find out other than he just electrocutes a kid. That's just what, yeah, it just happens. We just, like, he's like, well, let's show what the fear meter is to these kids. And then he, and then a kid uh, who was who chosen as a troublemaker because of, uh, I forget, was there? Chris refuses to be handcuffed. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to be restrained. Smart. Smart. And he has a little freak out, and so uh, he gets uh, electrocuted to death. This is like maybe the scariest part of the whole book, I think, uh, just where it talks about how his like head jerked in his seat and his and it went limp, and kids scream. He slumps to the ground, and then his body is carried off, and they're like, "Is he dead?" And they were like, "I don't know." RL talks about how uh, a smell of deep fried shit like just <laughs> emanated from his corpse. <laughs> a smell emanated from his from his pants. A brown smell. <laughs> Oh, I moaned as I smelled that burnt poop. 
<laughs> yeah, so he's dead forever, except he comes back in a few pages because of course. Yeah, he also throws out very quickly like uh, Al- Alonzo is very clearly just evil. He's rubbing his hands together, going, "Oh, it's more fun when we shock him this much." And and Faraday's like, "Don't, don't make me regret hiring you, even though you're a felon." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Next, we meet Rocco the gorilla. I love this part. It's, oh my god. It's wild. It's a wild moment. They're all still strapped down into the fear meter at this point. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize they were still strapped down, They're which makes it way scarier. All still yeah. strapped <laughs> down. They've, they've just yeah. watched one of their own be, be smote by the fear meter. <laughs> can, can I also add, though, that like, this is, I think, supposed to be like the welcome to camp speech? Like, this yes. is the, this is the, in the heavyweights, this is your, like, Yeah, this is the welcome. keynote. <laughs> We're laying down the basic rules. We're going to teach you the camp cheer. Yep. You know, know your camp assignments. But instead, it's Faraday going, we're going to string up a kid and shock him. Oh, well, bring in the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> just like, they wheel in a cage. And to make it very clear, it is not a man in a suit. That is the, this is the giant gorilla from uh, one of his films, mm-hmm. Gor- Conquerors of the Gorilla Planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also sounds great. There's a lot of great names in this. Kunga, the am- the animal vampire, was one that- I <laughs> loved Kunga, the animal vampire. I want to watch Kunga, I, like, the animal vampire. I think a fun, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I didn't have time, but I would love to go through. I think at some point they say that he made like 35 movies or 35, something. Yeah. I would love not to- Not enough, honestly. No, not yeah. enough. I would love to go through and uh, actually like cr- like catalog all of the the name drops because he's like every other page they're name dropping a movie, and I'd love to see if like if it equates out if all thirty five of the movies are name dropped in here. Um, RL again, great at titles. Like I I, I gotta say, like I can kind of see how this book was like planned out, where he was just like, okay, I'll invent a horror director, and then, oh, I get to come up with a bunch of horror movie titles. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, these will each be, like, attractions at the camp, and now I just gotta kind of string those together in an interesting way. I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. You, and you know what? I, I, this is me being nitpicky. I, I, in my mind, it wasn't even, um, you know, Carpenter. This is, like, this is probably be of, like, Roger Corman had, <laughs> had, a, had a camp. The mm-hmm. guy who made, you know, like 200 fucking movies. Right. Yeah. Right. And just was swinging wildly like two of them are good uh, kind of thing where I'm like, I wanted it to be some sort of dude who's just like put out hundreds and hundreds of films. And that would help explain where they're like, we don't know if we know that one. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, have we seen Gorilla Planet? No. Yeah. Okay. I, I like how like. Not all of the kids have seen all of the movies. Like some of the kids are like, "Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah Gorilla Planet." The kids are like, "Uh, sure, yeah, okay." I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the big names, um, but uh, yeah, Rocco gets free. Uh, we get our first low moan as uh, <laughs> Andrew, our protagonist, is menaced by his long gorilla paws. Mm-hmm. He dodges. Whatever. He does a, a a swift dodge under the under the clasp of the gorilla. The the gorilla just gets out. They just forgot to to but, to close the cage. Yeah. Uh and I I really think the the restraints work here, both for like the horror aspect and yeah. the theatric aspect. Mm-hmm. I I like it a lot. 
Um, I don't remember how they get Rocco back in there. So, oh, they just shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, they shoot him. They fucking another, shoot him. Another great horror, very very similar to the uh, horror that Dom and I witnessed on that one ride where a man with a gun shows up. <laughs> yeah, reminded yes. me of Haunted Hayride. Yeah, yeah. Al- Alonzo, show, Alonzo let, accidentally lets Rocco, the, the gorilla, free. It swings it at our main character, and then a- after he dodges, he looks up, and it's swinging at another child, In which, at which point uh, a door crashes open, and a guard with a gun walks in, and fires uh, and all the children are like uh, if this were t- again we always talk about if scenes were directed and how hilarious they would have been yes. like the children screaming with a gorilla running around door mm-hmm. opens up realistic rifle shot fires out and all the kids are like ah! screaming and crying yeah. and stuff like that and the gorilla just slumps to the ground would have been an absolutely bonkers and hilarious sequence I was to cracking see. up this is one of the funniest scenes I've read in a Goosebumps book I, I, I kept, it's funny, I kept picturing like, oh, this movie is is not even Dr. Moreau. This is the documentary about filming Dr. Moreau with uh-huh. Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando and everything. This is just. Yeah, where Richard Stanley night- hides in, in the actual yeah. cast. Yeah. <laughs> this is just some sort of nightmare production where things are going badly because I, I, I think like I, I was re-looking back up in the book, like. You know, RB kind of just tells you the whole twist in the very beginning, right here in the speech. Before before the gorilla um, is is released, uh, I want to find this this exact line for it because it almost was just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so this is where it this is where it, no, you're good. So this is where it happens, right? Like it when they when they zap the kid, he says to them, "I am going to I'm going to show the world true horror." And I'm going to do it. And like, he doesn't come out and say that he's making a movie, but it's pretty obvious that like, he's making the movie here. Right. Like, and, yeah, well, and- he says, yeah, I, I, he says, I, you will be here. I found it. This is, this is in the middle of a speech. RB, uh, Mr. Faraday says, this is an exciting summer for me. He continued. He spread the clipboard across his bony knees. As Alonzo told you, I've made 35 movies, but that's only film color images on celluloid. This camp gives me a chance to bring my movies to life. And now you will all be actors. I don't. I I kind of just was like, oh yeah, he's filming a movie, right? Yeah, like I, right. Yeah. Pretty obvious. And the, and this is my. I gotta say, I think this book is fun, silly, goofy, and has tr- leg- legit weird horrors in it because apparently all the rules are off, and you can do anything. You just can zap a kid with electricity, and I know he doesn't really yeah. do that, but but the imagery that you get in this book is very very violent towards children. Uh, the ride scene yeah. coming up soon is all is incredible for that. Uh, but I, I could see this like scaring a young reader for like, sure, sure. And I think a young reader might miss a lot of that. Essentially, this this book is the game by David Fincher. <laughs> that's that's what this book yeah, is. Sure. It is it is a it is a thing where a character sh- like signs up for a thing, knowing that it's going to be like a. Well, he doesn't when he signs up for the game in the game, he doesn't know quite what it's going to be. Or his brother his brother Yeah, it's his, like change your life. Yeah. It's been a while since I've his, seen it. His right? brother yeah. signs uh-huh. him up for it, but it's like you're gonna play a game and it's gonna be a lot of fun, you know? That's what this is, right? We're gonna go to a park and we're gonna get scared. Like you you're, Man, you're, these uh these squid game ripoffs are really getting out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you guys remember there was an article um back when Rolling Stone used to be a magazine? Uh, I remember reading about a service you could pay for in like New York and the East Coast. Uh, that was for people who like had a lot of money to blow and you wanted like some thrill in your life and it was you paid some exorbitant amount of money and then 
you assign these waivers. And at some point unknown in the future, maybe when you're walking to work, maybe when you're at home, uh, people would come by in a van and kidnap you. I think and, I remember like, that. Do this whole staged thing where you had like agreed to do it, but you didn't know when it would happen. Right. Um, and I guess it was just kind of a way of like thrill, thrill seeking, which is what this is, which is exactly what this yeah. is. Yeah, it was. It, the, yeah, it's like you kind of agreeing to do it. Right. They signed the papers at the beginning of it. It's made very obvious that they signed some waivers that allow them to be to be terrorized in this. And the only thing that bothers me about this book, with that, to your point chat about him laying out what what's happening here and what happens with the driver as well when they lay out what the driver is doing is that they do say what's going to happen and then there's no real attempt to flip that you know what i mean yeah it's interesting it, it I, I love this trope and story so much right i mean it the best version ever is the truman show um like realizing it's all for you Mm-hmm. Uh, or the reality show Joe Schmo, where it was like we're going to do this whole thing to prank some guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was pretty mean. But this is—it's so—it doesn't completely work for me because the characters kind of knew what they were getting into, and then they're like, "What the what? The, this is—it's it, so much scarier halfway through, where you think maybe this is a director trying to make a found footage movie. I almost wish he had said that, right? Like kids these days need. <laughs> Blair Witch Project. So we're going to do one out here for real. And then the production got away from him. Right. That makes it scarier to me because I'm like, oh, these kids are going to fucking die. This is going to be like the Twilight Zone movie. Mm-hmm. This director is way stepping way out of bounds. Max Landis's dad killed people in the Twilight Zone movie. I think people need to know that. That's Yeah, that did happen. Very sad. That did happen. Yeah. Why do I call him Max Landis's dad? John Landis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just had to take a dig at Max Landis. I want to make sure people know. People, people have the connection to um i yeah like the, the thing about this is these kids are all freaks sick horror freaks that love their their <laughs> their horror their horror mm-hmm. their sick horror and they sign up for the punishment and what they're taught during this is that the thing the sick horrors if they were to really happen are absolutely terrible they just get a taste of what they they get a little taste of the horrors that they love so much they get them they get them perpetrated upon themselves and it turns out that it's not fun to have that happen to you so no. that's what they discovered throughout this yeah the gorilla goes down uh <laughs> the gorilla's taken away and, and we're off to the spinning screen. And we're off to the spinning screen. Yeah. So like basically they like do that, right? And I don't think is it right to the spin the spinning screen? Does anything else the happen? The spinning screen goes on for like seven goddamn chapters. I, I don't know what the connective tissue to the spinning screen is. I think it's yeah. just like a hard cut. I think so too. Yeah. But there are carnival rides on this camp, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like that's a cool oh, idea for a camp. Real quick, real quick before we get to the to the carnival ride. There so the connective tissue is gorilla sequence happens, right? They go yeah. back to their cabin and mm-hmm. they they have the moment where they're talking about it and uh Tyler and Tyler, Andrew are our brothers and then Chris and Jack are their roommates. Chris is the one who was who was zapped. They're talking about it with Jack and they do the classic thing which is uh he starts to he starts to tell them all about it and then uh Alonzo does the worst spying of any of any spy of all time which is he walks up to the window and like loudly breathes next to the window as <laughs> yeah. he's spying on them and that that's where we're cut off right yep before any any of the information can be revealed it happens a couple times where Jack or someone else 
uh, says something incredibly vague and then walks off before explaining what the vague thing yeah. is that they said. Uh-huh. There's a there's a lot of chapters that end on just oh cabin three. That's the lucky cabin. Mm-hmm. I will not explain that to you. Goodbye. And they walk away. So I, you guys, Kevin, you said this was a cool thing for the camp to have the spin and scream. It is cool. Yeah, why not? I found it frustrating because I was like, I guess it makes sense if it's just things from his movies. But it felt like Arl was like, well, we're doing Horrorland again. Like, just I, I was, it felt non-thematic to spend so much of this book about a camp and instead have it be a carnival ride. That's just me. Chad? That's a fair point, and you're right to say it. However, it does give us one of the best, I think maybe the best, Goosebumps barf scene. That I hope that you use the same uh, colorful language to describe the vomit. I hope you use that same quote that I have written down here because it was fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, you mean the quote on page 52, balloons of yellow vomit? Another kid sent a balloon of yellow vomit <laughs> into the air. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful poetry. Love, yeah. I love Balloon of Yellow Vomit. Balloon of Yellow Vomit is like my grunge band name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if we would be remiss to uh, to skip over the scene of Chris escaping the capture after he's been zapped, escaping the capture because uh, his his friend uh, Tyler says that Chris is messed up, and and he tells this to our brother main main characters. Uh, and we then see Chris escape the clutches of the of the doctors, and he's running through a field whinnying like a horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, the an, fu- what the fuck was that which about? Which is an incredible sequence, and it just happens, and then it's over, and then they're on the ride. I was so sure that I was like, oh, this is going to go Dr. Moreau style. They're turning people into animals. Yeah, because uh, after, we don't really need to talk about Muscular Duffy. Muscular Duffy's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's it just the guy who the guy who runs the the ride. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. but he he wears a he wears just like tight fitting uh, clothes and like he's flexing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to flirt with all the other people that work at the camp at Fright Camp. I guess, uh, and he walks away to get like a fucking coke <laughs> while yep. the ride is spinning. Yep. Yeah, he just he cranks the ride into overdrive. All the kids are having a good time until they start to get sick and pass out. Heads are lolling. Kids are yeah. like completely unconscious on the tr- on the ride because it's just spinning at such a rate of force that it's just knocking kids unconscious, spewing balloons of yellow vomit out of their body. And yeah, and Duffy runs <laughs> off to grab a Coke, comes back, pulls the lever. It cracks, leaving the you know, smash the snaps in half and the kids are trapped on the ride spinning. They're all freaking yeah. out, and then he unplugs it. And then Meredith, Elizabeth, Andrew, and Tyler, Karens that they are, are like, we'd like to talk to your manager. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they go off to talk to Arby, and when they get to Arby's office, they knock on it, and mm-hmm. he answers the door drenched in sweat. Yeah. Yeah. After after some scre- audible real sounding screams have just been heard right on the other side of the door that he's, he's in. He's doing cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> and scream and screaming like as if he's being murdered while doing it. Yeah, yeah. He's going, ah, this is some good powder. <laughs> it's like, uh oh, the kids. Kids are here. Can't kids let them know here. you do coke. Gotta, gotta do it all real quick, I guess. RB, you fool. You you told them you wouldn't let you wouldn't let the kids see you like this. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem like it's a staged moment. RB seems genuinely surprised that they have shown up here at this 
don't bother me. Right, they're supposed to be on the on the rider world for another hour. That was supposed to last so much longer. The uh-huh. genuinely surprised. His pants are around his ankles, and he's got like a fucking tie <laughs> on his head. Like mm-hmm. he's he's completely out of it. And also, there are like living, breathing lizard men chained to the wall behind him. There are two Japanese kappas in his room chained to the wall. <laughs> I. I was so surprised by them. Uh, and I, even after knowing what happens later on, I don't still know. The, the two creatures, they had round, bald heads as green as melons, tiny black eyes above long lizard snouts, fat green bodies with bulging bellies. They lowered their heads and made loud, snuffling sounds as the door swung open. Were they crying? They're chained <laughs> to the wall. And Faraday's mad that they've seen these kappas. This scene had the same effect of like shock and disgust as yeah. the, as the, as the scene in the shining when the guy's getting a blowjob from the bear. <laughs> <laughs> that is what this what? same level of like what the fuck did I just see? Yeah. I imagine these lizard men as like totally fucked up, like really fucking scary. Yeah, oh. So. Yeah, they're they were real horrors. They're, like I said, if you, like if you've seen images of like what a kappa in Japanese mythology mm. is supposed to look like that's yeah. what, that's what it looked like in my head like a true river horror uh a, a little bit of a, a, a Abe's Odyssey uh, yeah yeah, a little, yeah. Bit, a little bit one of those I was kind of picturing the the funky lizard men from uh, Devil May Cry but also the snuffling mm. sound made me think of uh the ring wraiths from Lord of the Rings oh yes yes. In the books, they're described as making like a snuffling, sniffing sound all the time. Some little ring wraith children chained yeah. up, and and not to take it, just having a Hollywood studio director with some people chained up in their room, not great. RB, keep it at home, but like you're around kids right now, dude. Like you got to leave that stuff. You know, you know the kids will talk. Kids. My interpretation now, now that we, you know, having known where the story goes, mm-hmm. and we don't. These these lizard boys don't ever come up again. Yeah. Um, I think this is just some weird kinky shit that RB was into. Yeah, the kids were supposed to be distracted in the middle of the day. Yeah, yeah. These are two pr- sex workers that he has hired to come out to this camp, and they role play or something. Yeah, were these uh, creatures from Weta, or were they there to get him? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Put that on a nice fun toy, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Dude, so they see him in in the midst of his of his uh lewd ecstasy. act. Mid of his midst of yeah. his ecstasy, and he decides that now is time for punishment. They will be the lucky cabin. They yeah. have been dubbed the lucky cabin and they will be tortured. To which Andrew goes, All right, I'll just go swim <laughs> about it. And he goes for a swim. Alone, obviously, Alone. because why Why wouldn't you? You always got to have a buddy. Come on. Yeah. And he gets dragged under the water by a water zombie from a film about water zombies. The water zombies. Mm-hmm. Which, when you think about it, is a pretty terrifying kind of zombie. That's, I, yeah. I'm telling you, the title game was strong here. That was an evocative title that I was like, that's cool. I want to know more yeah. about what. And I'm glad the water zombies do show up. Yeah. Jaws, but zombies? Like, come on. That's amazing. Sure. What, what uh, was it? Was it like Zombie Two, where a zombie fights a shark? Maybe, uh, perhaps, maybe. Oh, old horror movies. Might, might be Roger Corman. I don't know. Anyway, someone let us know. Goosebuds at gmail. Please, please let us know. I'm an Elizabeth. I'm a fake horror fan, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he, 
Andrew sees Jack's face on the zombie that pulls him beneath the water. And I was like, who the fuck is Jack? I'm like going through my notes. I also forgot. I was like, who, who is he? Like, and Arl doesn't help us out here either. He's like, he's like, no, no, Jack, fan favorite Jack. Jack is Wasp Nest Kid, the the kid who lives with him. Right. He's the other, he's non-electrified kid. Fan favorite Jack. Fan favorite Jack. All the features and character traits that you know and love about Jack are on display in this scene. Yeah. And so uh, Andrew runs back onto the beach uh, and has a little freak out. And when he gets back to his cabin his cabin's been trashed and the horror is real is written on the walls Ooh! but also jack and chris are there he sees jack and he tells jack that jack just tried to pull him underwater to which jack responds excuse me jack squinted at me are you making sense i don't think so (laughs) yeah yeah another realistic moment of dialogue in this book well do you have the page that's on i do not have the page i simply have the quote because i had to make note of that one are you making sense i don't think so are you making sense i don't think so (laughs) like how do you like i don't care what level actor you are the line read on. i think you guys are both nailing that line i'm feeling i'm feeling very stunned by it here we go okay page seven yeah yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I realized I'd interrupted something serious, but I didn't care. Jack, I cried. Was that you? Underwater? Did you pull me under? Excuse me, Jack squinted at me. Are you making sense? I don't think so. (laughs) Nailed it. Perfect. (laughs) Hello, Chris knocked on my head. Anyone in there? (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. Stop fooling around. You weren't in the lake this morning? No way. I was flapping my arms and flying to Jupiter. Stop joking. I want to know the truth. (laughs) Like, it's fine. What is happening? It's fine if you want to go through with that, but read the line, are you making sense? I don't think so, out loud, before you print it, please. I, please. Hey, Arlstein, are you making sense? I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. This book has almost like fever dream kind of plot turns, including the end of this mm-hmm. chapter where, so Jack and Chris have just gaslit these boys for like, Three pages right. straight, talking to him like he's mm-hmm. Marty's Marty McFly, um, mm-hmm. and knocking yeah. on his head. And then suddenly, Jack and Chris exchange glances, and Jack grabbed my shoulder and pulled me closer. He lowered his mouth to my ear. It's too late, he whispered. Huh? It's too late. It's already begun. There's nothing we can do about it. End chapter. Like, it's just every 10 seconds, they are just shifting back and forth. Like, you gotta get out of here, too. What are you talking about? Like I, I, I was exhausted by it. Again, it's the game, the the movie, the game, which is what the that whole and it came out a year before this book. I, it's back and forth. Is it real or isn't real? Isn't it real or isn't it real? You know, it's like we're yeah. constantly going back, and that's what's supposed to be keeping us on edge. And it does to a certain extent, except we all know that it isn't real because <laughs> it's been because he said it already that it isn't real. We already we already know. Again, a kid probably not gonna, but probably will be caught up in the in the back and forth a little bit more i love how jack and chris are immediately taken out of the game by poison mushrooms in the Mm -hmm. mess hall after this it's fantastic they 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 reveal that it's real they go in and we see the pain on the wall saying that the things that the in in cabin three that it's real they go to dinner to which alonzo walks out to make an announcement as the kids are deep into their stew that someone might have accidentally gotten some poisonous mushroom stew, two plates, two. We we have narrowed it down. We've done all the talking. We did a lot of we did a lot of soul searching in the back in the kitchen. <laughs> we figured out that only two plates 
could have been poisoned. We need to figure out if did did it taste weird. Was this weird? not a Woodstock reference? Wait, because uh, you know, uh, is not a reference to Woodstock or one of those great rocket which, which Wayne's World two then made fun of with Garrett going. There's some bad red licorice in the crowd. I I I thought there was a moment in Woodstock where someone got on the mic and was like, "There's bad. Someone's been sending out bad mushrooms. If you took the mushrooms, let us know." It's a. Uh, it's it's LSD. There's bad some bad LSD, LSD going Sorry, around. Thank you. There. Okay, yeah. it's bad LSD. Mm-hmm. I was just going back to this is a rock and roll. <laughs> this is a rock and roll history reference from R.L. Stein. Uh-huh. <laughs> Regardless of the reference, two kids have been poisoned, and it just so happens to be Jack and Chris have been poisoned. Yep. Jack and Chris are out of the game, and the next day we all wake up to everyone's shoes. Oh my have been god, stolen. the shoes was, have been this stolen. This was crazy. Oh, sorry. All right. I skipped over the guards have been called in. That's right. After the poisoning happens, the guards show up to uh, to usher everybody back to their cabins. Um, yep. After after Chris and Jack die <laughs> in front of everybody, uh, Chris dying for the second time in the yep. couple days that we've been here, uh, the guards show up and take everybody back. And you're right. Uh, they keep looking outside throughout the night, and there are guards everywhere. The, the about budget the camp. for this camp is crazy. They're offsetting it with by releasing a film in conjunction with the camp. Yeah, so. and they're not paying these kid actors. I've already thought about how like they need to get these the rights. The kids paid to be there. That's like, right. That's, that's like they're making money hand over fist. Yeah, this is a multimedia package <laughs> that he is going to walk away with multiple products from. He's going to. Yeah. He, this is this is a a great grift, <laughs> a perfect grift. Also. Uh, he's got all these child shoes. Also, uh, the, yeah, the shoe thing is my genuine nightmare. I wanted to point out that at this point, by the time that they are aware that there are guards everywhere, our main characters have spotted multiple times cameras in the trees recording them. And they just go like, right. oh, well, mm-hmm. he's just keeping an eye on us. He's 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 told you what the twist is, like, so many times. To, to quote my friend Chad Quant. Um, oh, it's me. Wee woos started going on. <laughs> <laughs> there are cameras in the trees. Oh, wee woo, wee woo time. Ah, wee woo. Wee woo. Uh, yeah, Kevin, you mentioned this would have been a genuine nightmare for me. Is the the morning they wake up and every kid in every camp d- cabin yeah. has had their shoes removed. Yes, and there is pandemonium. I loved this. The scene. great thing is. Like in in my mind, I'm like, oh, the shoes are gone, and it makes sense. It's like if you're gonna try and flee, which they obviously the kids all talked about it, and they're on camera being recorded talking about their plans <laughs> to flee. Uh, you're gonna put your shoes on, and you're gonna run into the woods, and you're gonna escape. But if you do that, they they won't be able to run because their feet will get all cut up and stuff like that. But no, 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 no. They've told them even more. There are snakes <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I love that it's not that they're, so they can't good. they can't run through the through the woods with bare feet. It's that there's snakes. All over the place, and if snakes you- everywhere. I, yeah, a guard is barking on a megaphone. You have thirty seconds to respond to your yep. cabins. Meanwhile, everyone is just running around from every cabin, asking if you've lost your shoes or not. Oh my god, it's such a weird, weird scene. But it really makes you appreciate the freedom shoes grant you. you know? It's true. Yeah, I will not take it for uh, granted now. I'll be honest. At, at, at camp, I was definitely that kid who thought. I could just be a hobbit and walk around without shoes on. Mm-hmm. And after a day or two, my 
You know, I was the kid with the gross feet. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't want to do that. You get a corn. You'll end up with a corn or a bunion. Oh, the 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 sheer. I couldn't read anything else in this book from this point on because they never get their shoes back. They, they do. Never no, they, they are given their shoes. At, at, it's at a very strange time that they're giving. giving oh, I missed shoes. it. So I was like the whole time. They're like they're going to get splinters. Like there's going to be a loose nail somewhere. This is terrible. There is one moment where they do get they do specifically mention getting their shoes back. It takes a long time. For them to get their shoes back. <laughs> uh, so the next part, the next thing that happened here. Are we going to talk about is, the shoe the shoe riot? The shoe riot. Everyone in this camp is united against the camp at this point. I thought that was. Great. They've all been yeah. tortured. Kids have been killed before their eyes, uh, and mm. they've they've taken it well, and they've remained stoic throughout this entire thing. But the yeah. shoes are a bridge too far for these kids. And Alonzo has them gathered, and the kid the kids are restless and screaming. Someone throws a grapefruit at Alonzo. That's how pissed off these kids are. <laughs> and a guard a guard has to catch the grapefruit and protect him from the from the detritus they're throwing at him. I just thought that their anger, their righteous anger at the at the shoes, was absolutely hilarious. Yep. I, I also appreciated, uh, it felt like the usual default so often is a few of our characters are kind of alone and no one's listening to them, right? It's always like everyone at Jelly Jam or mm-hmm. Camp Fear or whatever are all like, oh, you're just nerd. Let's make fun. Like, it's always us versus the entire world. I loved that at this point they had lost control of the camp. Right. The, ki- the kids have gone full camp nowhere or the best part of heavyweights. Mm-hmm. They have taken over the camp. Yep. Or are trying to. Yep. Yep. And they even try to go to talk to Arby Faraday. And uh, in a comically uh, tropey scene, he walks into the office to see the billowing curtains of the window flying in. Yeah. And the yeah. window's open. And Arby, who runs the place, has escaped <laughs> out the back door. Not because... He's afraid of the kids, but because he's afraid that the horrors have gotten <laughs> unleashed. And instead of trying to protect the kids who he brought here, he has simply chosen to run. Yeah, he, he leaves it. a note that says something like, I can't do this to the kids anymore. I'm sorry. But he also chose in that version to do nothing to help me. <laughs> he didn't put a couple of kids in his car. He just got out, which is maybe real. Um, maybe the most real thing in the whole thing. Faraday actually bails just after the Jack's mom. Arc. Oh, it's after. I thought, okay, I thought oh, it was before sure. it. Okay. Let's talk about Jack's mom. So in the infirmary, Jack gained access to a payphone where he called his mom, apparently uh-huh. explained the situation. And she was like, okay, I'll be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. not even I'll be there right away. I'd be like, well, I just put dinner in. Um, so that's going to be a while. <laughs> and, t- you know, I've had a hell of a day. Jack, I'm tucked in for the night. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm going to come get you <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Well, no, this would be like, Jack, your mom's your mom's real drunk. Listen, uh-huh. um, I got to sober up before I can come get you. It's a responsible thing to do. Just live to the morning. <laughs> You know, it was book club night. I had to have all that wine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They also, I think in this section, it doesn't, I don't recall it gets answered later, but uh, after our hero, our, t- our heroes Tyler and Jack are talking to Chris. Mm. I always forget who their name. There's too many names. There's too there many too white many boy fucking names. Characters. Too many characters. Um, that Jack and Chris, like they're back and they go, oh my god, what is this? And they have a small chip embedded behind their ear. Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? And that mm-hmm. is 
never answered? I it, is. It, is, just, it is. It is. It answered. is. It is. Okay. Answered. I think it was just an earpiece. Yeah, right. it, it is an earpiece. Yeah. It is answered. That is an. It is an earpiece. Yeah. So they okay. they show up with their chips. Uh, Jack's mother is in the quicksand. They find out. Uh, yep. <laughs> to which they run to the quicksand. The mo- their mother is like, just fucking save me. Stop talking about it and save me. <laughs> And, and, and Andrew is there and he's being like, it's okay, Mrs. Jack's mom. Quicksand it's, isn't it's real. Not Nothing's real. happening to you. <laughs> it's all in your mind, Jack's mom. Don't worry about it. <laughs> to which she struggles more making the quicksand go faster. I don't I don't have the, the article on hand right now, but let, let me <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, there's no such thing as quicksand. It's a it's a myth invented by popular culture. And J- and Jack's mom, uh, to which she responds, if you're going to say something, the burden of proof is upon you andrew you must provide me with with citations but he does not do it he tells her to google doesn't it. Do it he doesn't do it says, just says google it just go me trust later. me google it and then she is sucked into the quicksand <laughs> the last words she hears are i'm on a podcast i don't have to cite shit <laughs> <laughs> so jack's mom's dead yeah presumably. seemingly dead yeah. mm-hmm. and the horrors are real the horrors are real yeah. the, the, the scares are real get away while you still can uh i i it gets us pretty quickly into them going like enough is enough. No more moms in quicksand. And then going to, well, we're going to throw you in the cave. I think they run. They, they run away, right? They're like, oh, well, our mom's not going to be able to get us. We have no shoes. So we got to run. Uh, so they try and run away and they fall into, I believe, the Cavern of No Return by accident. Well, this is the mines. This is this is the mines. This is in the Cavern of No Return. Oh, this they was do confusing return. because they said this was the mines, it, the, the similarly named Mines of No Return. It's similar. Well, it, it's not exactly that, but it's something very close to the... To they the, call it a mine. They call it a, a mine. A mine. <laughs> a mine. <laughs> But they fall into this dark place, uh, and we are we are told about the cavern of no return, and which which we'll find out more about later. But we are told before all this happens, the cavern of no return is about some people who find a cavern. They decide to explore it. They fall into it, and then they it's dark down there, and they hear a creature in there with them, and they're stuck there forever. And that's the point. That's the plot. And he's like, "Pretty cool plot, isn't he?" He's like, "I'm like, eh." I mean, maybe if I hear like more of what's going to happen, maybe there's like I sure liked the descent, but there was more to the descent than that. Yeah, there was another twist. (laughs) A lady had to hide in some blood, Kevin. It was gross. Whole bad is all I'm hearing. Whole bad, (laughs) and we've known that forever. (laughs) Us humans have a long history in storytelling of whole bad. (laughs) I mean. I'm pretty sure that's what Joseph Campbell said. If you read the whole cycle, he just says, whole bad. <laughs> it always comes back to whole bad. Remember remember in Empire where Luke is like looking at that dark tree and Yoda's like, you don't go in there. Whole bad. Uh, whole bad. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. So, so they, fall, they, I, they fall into the hole. It's pitch black. Uh, one of the kids... It, no kid can have a lighter. No kid is allowed to have a lighter. They always no. have had to have found the lighter on somebody else. If a kid had a lighter, they would be too bad of a kid to be in an R.L. Stein book. I had 10 friends who didn't smoke, but all just had lighters. Everybody found, everybody had a lighter at some point. We, yeah. but the kid, it's, our, it's our divine right as humans to be able to create fire anytime we want. Anytime That's our yeah. whole thing as a species. Let kids play with fire. It happens, R.L., but he's not allowed to repeatable behavior it. So they had to find the lighter on a 
one of the people at the camp. They flip yeah. the, they go to flip the thing, but before they can do it, stage lights come on and everybody's there. And it's the end scene of the game where they're all standing around clapping because they did it. They survived the game and the movie has been made and the horrors have been hard. And all the people that were actors that include Jack and Chris uh, reveal that they were actors. The little things on the back of their necks are revealed to be microphones. Jack's mom uh, shows up, not dead because quicksand isn't real. And it's not. <laughs> and says, I was also acting. And Alonzo turns out to be R.B. Faraday's brother in an act of nepotism that I don't know if he's fully grasped the, the gravity of yet. Uh, I think it's sweet. I, you know, I think it's cool that they all uh, collaborate. This is going to, it's going to come back and pawn them one day. They're, they will it's not. Real, real Ron Howard and, <laughs> and his, his older brother, Howard. Uh, the ha it's a real Howard family problem that they're going to be dealing with one day. And uh, they, it's all revealed that it's been a, been a big ploy. And mm. to which the kids say, that's fucked up. That is yeah. really <laughs> fucked up that you did that to us. I cannot believe you did that to us. They don't have like the vocabulary yet because of their anger and their youth to really explain why this is so fucked up and yeah. th that they're profiting off of like the fear of children. Mm -hmm. and, you You're know. not going to get any residual. This Listen, the Screen Actors Guild is going to have so many problems with this production. Oh, yeah. Uh, unless, unless they revealed the kids secretly signed a bunch of, <laughs> of likenesses and contracts and uh -huh. everything when they signed up for camp, like, this is going to be a legal nightmare to get this film out. It's, oh, totally. It's fucking hilarious. I had to write this scene <laughs> down because this is how quickly, this is truly the number of words it takes to get through this sequence. They're told this. And Elizabeth says, but it wasn't fair. Elizabeth chimed in. You should have warned us. Tyler and Meredith agreed. All four of us began to angrily shout at once. Mr. Faraday raised a hand to silence us. Calm down, everyone. Now you kids can relax and have fun. Enjoy the camp. You've earned it. Tyler, Meredith, Elizabeth, and I hurried out. We returned to our cabins, changed into swimsuits, and took a swim in a cold lake. <laughs> like, <laughs> then, they, well, that's past us. That's past us. But the great part is then this rest of this chapter plays out where they go between all the different fun things at the park, and the whole time they're like, I'm fucking peeved while they're sitting yeah. there trying to have fun. They're like trying to have fun <laughs> at each part of the park and they can't get over how mad they are about it. I love this part of the book. It's, hilar oh, it's really? hilarious. It's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. I was so torn. I want to hear your thought. I, at this point, this feels kind of like this was the twist of the book, which is had been done in Goosebumps before, right? At least one of the camps is like, yeah, everything's scary because we're training you to go to Earth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, so as much as this has been a rehash like well okay that's the end of the book and then now there are seven more chapters of but wait there's more including like alonzo aka ned is just watching them from above <laughs> above the 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 cliff like the uh -huh. beach that makes you old or something what's happening <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I like that they're like they start to scheme a little bit, and uh -huh. like they're hmm. they, they end up getting their revenge by, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Elizabeth and uh, Tyler go missing, yeah, and uh, Meredith and Andrew run around campus. Uh, <laughs> there's it, a part where like it, just it, their clothes are found. The, the, it, the sequence is unfold in that they keep finding pieces of their clothing and being like they never took this off the first one is yeah. like andrew andrew finds tyler's watch he never took his watch off then they find uh which yeah. sisters that this disappears elizabeth uh 
Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, they find Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth's bathing suit. She never takes this off. And then they go to the fucking twisty ride. And there's, it's like, oh, there's Tyler. I see him right now. And then they turn the ride off. And it was just his clothes on the ride yeah. in the shape of a boy. So they, yeah. they, got, like, they got left behind. They got, they, they got, they got raptured in the middle of this day. Uh, and they're, they're like, where the hell could they have gone? And then someone goes, oh, shit, we just heard some voices in the cave of no return. Let's go in there, despite being <laughs> the only place that we said not to go inside of. And they go inside of it. Yeah. And then they go inside, and it's uh, the same exact sequence we had before, where they slide down into darkness, uh, <laughs> and they hear... they hear. Take us over. Take us all the way there. <laughs> we t- we, okay, I'll take us there. It's another sequence of darkness. They they hear the rumbling. We're playing out the exact beats of the movie and the and they go the kids show up and they're like ha ha we got you mr faraday and his brother ned faraday we tricked you into feeling the terror that we felt how does it feel to be wearing our shoes for a minute a moment that you stole and did not give back to us <laughs> until we decided to go looking for these kids in the cave and the, to which they go you fools you've doomed us all this is the cave of no return where giant wasps live and <laughs> and and come out at night to kill whoever's inside of it now yep. we die and the kids go ah oh, fuck we just ah oh, shit we just killed ourselves and then the buzzing starts and, and the like, buzzing oh. starts and they get scared and then Another trick has been played upon them. They reveal again. It's the same joke that was played on them before. It's wasp stereo that is playing around them, and it was fucking all a prank yak again. Back. They got fucking yak back. They got a talk- yak back. They got talk boy. They got talk boy. They got talk boy. Oh God! Is her toy ever wanted more than a talk boy? One of the bees yeah. buzzes. Hi, kids. We're home early. <laughs> <laughs> I and and that's the end of the book. It's just Faraday going, "Wow, isn't this a blast?" And two more weeks of this, and I'm like, "Please free me from this book. Please let me out of here." <laughs> it's a terrible ending. It's a terrible it's, ending. It's such a terrible ending that the only way I think it would work is if there were two versions of this book printed. One where everything is fake, like it is in this mm-hmm. canon ending, and uh-huh. one where everything is actually real and the kids die, so that. There'd be no way to have a conversation about this book yes. because everyone thinks it ends a different way. Right. Like, the book is so full of like these back and forth. It's real. It's not real. It's real. It's not real moments like that. It ends up. Nothing is real. It's all just part of the grift. And it, it doesn't feel very goosebumps. The end. Right. Right. It's not. It's, yeah. It's too soft. He, it's, he's self-aware of the fact that he always does the twist ending. Right. It's like this yeah. is where he's aware that his twist ending always comes in. But instead of doing the twist ending, instead of trying to make it a twist, he like he did in the beginning of the book with the, with the hijacking of the bus. He says what the twist is and then he yeah. just sticks with it. And it is too soft, Kevin. <laughs> he just goes with it. And he's just like. I'm just gonna give it to you. I told you what it was gonna be, and you're gonna get it. And here's what it is. Here you go. And guess what, bitches? There's two more weeks of it. Deal with it. The, if the wasp had been real, and yeah. they'd even been like, "Oh, we think it's gonna be fake," like the wasp from the speaker. And he's like, "No, where do you think I got the recordings from? From here." Yeah. And they're yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, we're gonna be killed by wasps." That at least would be some sort of like, "Dun dun, they're dead." Right. Uh, like, Revenge R Us was terrible, but the ending where the horrible people are turned into frogs. Is mm-hmm. pretty good, right? I forgot that's what happened, right? Yeah. You know, you know, a story that like I th- I think this is a tough thing to tell is the Community episode um, about conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. 
uh, it's reminding me of that one where it, it would be too hard to describe so quickly, but it is a, a meta episode about conspiracy movies. And Jeff takes a class that is a fake class, but maybe it's not. And the teachers, and it is a really well-structured written story where the audience and the characters don't know if they are in control of the twist anymore. And there's fake guns and then maybe a real gun. And, and it's very, it's for comedy, but like you genuinely don't know what's going on the first time you watch it. And somehow this is like the antithesis of that, where it's mm-hmm. just a character calling their shot. And then RL is just, like you said, RL is just spamming the twist button, insert yep. one more twist until it no longer works. He mm-hmm. is just burning it out. Right. Yeah. It this book doesn't feel very cohesive. It feels it. It feels like if RL had had more time, he would have written a shorter book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like maybe if you had had the kids become aware of the twist early on that it's a movie, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We're gonna flip the script." That's which is a weird thing that these kids in the '90s know that industry term, "flip the script." We're uh-huh. gonna flip the script, and mm-hmm. and we're gonna. We're gonna prank uh, our RB, and then it goes goes bad. That would also have been interesting, right? But it really weird to kind of just add on these last three chapters of like, but wait, there's more. It just yeah, it doesn't. It's not satisfying because I guess you're trying to give the kids like a little bit of like a victory or like some sort of like you know like fuck fuck these parents you know type of thing uh, that are yeah. that have been screwing with us, but like. It's not satisfying because it just ends. Yeah, it just ends back into the same thing that has been happening the whole time, and there's just it ultimately it robs you. Like you said, it's soft because there's no resolution to it, right? If if kid revenge was the midway point of the book, right, and then they got their revenge, yeah. but realized that oh, actually, some of the horrors are real. Mm-hmm. Like then, I think it, the book would have been more interesting and goosebumpsy, right? But as it stands, like it's. It just kind of feels like there's no magic in it, which is a little disappointing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the com- This is the equivalent of like a stand-up comic that you go to see a show, mm-hmm. and they've been not having having a great set. Yeah, and they've had their time, and the audience and, and the comic have both seen the light, which means it's time for you to wrap it up. And they're like, "No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to dig myself out of this. I'm going to do an extra ten, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they just do ten more minutes on cancel culture, and you're like, God." Damn it, why didn't you sit down when you had to sit down? Just get out of here. I mean, I got to say, though, that despite the ending not being good, and despite yeah. some of the dialogue being pretty terrible, yeah. I thought I did have fun with this one because at least it did <laughs> what we say we like in a Goosebumps book, which is hit you with the horror right away. Chapter two, we're getting yeah. into horror, and, and scary things are happening to these kids. Kids are crying in fear by the, the end yeah. of chapter two. Yes. Which I think is a good sign, and I want that. Uh, I want children crying in fear. Uh, <laughs> I It happens multiple times throughout the story that they're crying in fear and kids are being like fucked with and it's, and it's hilarious. It's like, it's so funny like how dark he goes with this stuff and I feel balloons like- Balloons of yellow vomit. Balloons of balloons yellow, yellow vomit. vomit. Kids chained to tables while yep. a real live <laughs> gorilla <laughs> runs around the kitchen yep. is good. And- actual firearms are fired off next to their heads. <laughs> Head cannon, that gorilla was just Andy Serkis. And, <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. And they actually tranked him because he's that method. He's that. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have stopped. He would have killed someone if they didn't yes. trank him. <laughs> <laughs> Famous, famously had to stop him from, from choking out the hobbits during Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they, he w- they had to keep a trank on. <laughs> <laughs> 
so like yeah like that stuff's great and i think and i think that makes this a good book because at least throughout it i was entertained at the ridiculous mm. stuff but it's just not a satisfying ending which we all know wow them in the end didn't they didn't wow me in the end and i think that leaves you with the soft ending the bitter taste of not like the sour taste of a sour. Of, a, of a poor poorly ended goosebumps but yeah but i gotta say that i think overall the book was fun enough uh i think that rl played to his strengths he did names lots of names that's yeah. title titles i mean he also did lots of kids names which is not a strength but the names of books <laughs> and movies he did a great job with and he and he had some interesting ones in there kung of the animal vampire y'all yeah kung of the animal vampire great great one um yeah I, i'm i'm coming down this is a c for me like tried some mm. new things which i appreciate uh but in the end it just kind of lacked that like true goosebumps flavor mm-hmm. that i seek mm-hmm. yeah I, I say this is one of the one of the weaker camps, yeah, by far the lowest lowest camp. You think? I mean, we did have maybe the lowest camp. I love Della in, in the last one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, um, uh, Speedboat Ghost. Yeah, uh, rap- yeah. Speed, Speedboat Ghost. Rat Fink Speedboat Ghost. Yeah, Camp Jelly Jam, obviously the best. Rat Fink camp- Boat, the the boat with Rat Fink Ghost on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like this is probably the weakest camp, but better than other books. Yes. I don't know. I think this is down in the mud with the rest of the books. Like this is, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the camp status elevates Fright Camp above the other books. The, yeah, the problem is it takes the best of the camp aspects and then mixes it with the worst of like Shocker on Shock Street, like you said, Chad. Like it takes uh-huh. it, it takes the worst of uh, RL's like fake out horror. Horrorland, even like part the bad parts of Horrorland. Although I think Horrorland's good because the the horror is real; it's not a fake out the whole time, right? Like, yeah. So like, I think that you, you, like it takes Shocker on Shock Street, which I think was the whole times the kids were robots, right? The kids were actually robots testing out a theme park. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That, that was again. That was almost like another twist, right? That was a twist mm-hmm. on top of it. It's not just a theme park, or it's not just that the robot the monsters are all fake. It is. Also, the kids aren't. Real. But that was disappointment. Um, that was the same level of disappointment in that you're like, wait, so none of it fucking mattered. You just told me that yeah. nothing mattered because these were robots the whole time, and just like this, wait, none of this was real, and they're just going to be pranked for another two weeks. That's all this is, okay? Yeah. And it makes it feel like there's just it just makes the resolution feel weaker because you're just sad that none of it mattered. And all you had to do was write in some giant wasps, and you would have been fine. Give me a big wasp, yeah, yeah, like, like, like. Oh, that's not a real wasp. That's just the stereo. And then, and then, and then they shine the camera over, or sorry, shine their little flashlights, which they have in the scene, over to where the speaker's supposed to be. And there's a giant wasp sitting there, and they all scream hard out. Or just be like, oh, the giant wasps are real, but there are lots of poisonous snakes, and they do like to sleep in caves. Yes. Uh oh, poison, dead. End of book. Everyone dies. Why can't Hard more out. kids die in these goddamn books? He tried to kill kids three times in this book and was not and was denied. Like Jesus was denied on the th- all all three times. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus once said, uh, uh, "Author will try to kill off some kids three times. The third time, the cock shall me. The cock shall <laughs> Well, that feels like a buds. Phil Buds. Hey, can I recommend a, a tangentially connected piece of media that I might have already done on the podcast before? Sure. You know what a good version of this? One cut of the dead. I absolutely adore the indie film 
One Cut of the Dead mm-hmm. about a zombie film mm-hmm. being shot by a low budget studio and that it seems like zombies attack mm-hmm. while they're shooting a zombie movie. And that's all I'll say. Okay. It is a fantastic version of doing a maybe this is real or isn't it? And you, you constantly have to keep guessing. Cool. I've never heard of it. That sounds great. Yeah. Love it. One Cut of the Dead. Highly recommend. Don't read anything else about it if you're going to watch okay, it. Okay, cool. All right. That's all I got. Boys, anything else on, on your side? No, I'm going to go throw all my shoes out see how long I can live without shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried about stray. There's a, there a kid at my, um, the one time I went to an overnight camp, he, uh, I had a miserable time because everyone had been there all summer already and I came in late. Yeah. I, I messed up. And the kid in my cabin, the only one who would talk to me, was some kid that on the second week, he had stepped on a nail in on the beach and had to have his foot bandaged up. Jesus. And that had clearly become his entire identity for the rest of that summer. The hurt foot kid. I want to talk about that nail I stepped on. I mean, it sounds like it made a severe impact on him. I'm sure it was a very memorable it did. moment. It made an impression on him in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it stuck with me. I'm like, got to watch out on the beach. There's nails out there. Hey, speaking of cool accessories, if you want to go... <laughs> What's that store buy a shirt or something why not give, give us give us some money you can do that also on our patreon at patreon.com slash goosebuds pod yes yep yes and then look for yes. our newest uh young adult novel the horror of nail beach which will also be on there soon <laughs> oh my god genuinely got shivers about that <laughs> <laughs> that's been a buds we'll see y'all on the next one okay bye hard out Bye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. They live in the book of names, starting with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Hollis Hornby, Cameron Murphy Audio, Michael McDowell, Josh Robertson, Mickey C, Nathan Dolezal, Kelly C, Mike Lanteri, Buddy Morrill, Elkade, Mel Dipson, Zane Keith, Afshin, Danky McStanky, Dango Twist, Low Belly Hate Me, Brian Wells, Zentacles, Stealth Bates, Joseph Miranda, Patrick Reynolds, Robert Moon. Jason Crooker, Clay Castle, Miguel Pardo, Third Sergio, John Keaty, Calf, Chad Will, make more paranoia shoppy. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, I, Chad, tell people that your full name is Chad Will, please, from now on. Chad Will, Ch- Chad, Chad Will the Third at your service. <laughs> Sniggy, Maddie, Ishak Arafin, Gregory D. Warren, Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Reinfected. Jar Jar Slinks. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Cardboard Walk. Levi Van. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Alicia Grafe. Maloyster. Carl. Something I love. Broccoli. <laughs> hey, pause for a second. I think I gotta get Paul off my chest. Great job. Great that f- threw me for a second. Great Good job, flip. Kevin. Great flip. <laughs> the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Joe. Brooke X. 
Beezus Christ, Christian Vanskeever, Trent Davis, Drew Applegate, Jeremy Lowe, Brian Hobgood, Jonas Blotterman, Zach Connor, Patreon underscore donator comma yo, Joe, Spooky Digital Ghost, Tierney, Tom Whittem, Andrew Jadsack respects Joe regular name Scott, heart emoji, Luke Skywalker salute. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's a lot of meta to, uh, to unpack. <laughs> Did Luke Skywalker ever salute? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> he does the cool salute, and then that's when R2 shoots the the lightsaber out. Oh, it's this is the, like, sick. over on Jabba's it's palace. Yeah. And, yeah. It, okay. It's yeah. cool, Luke. Yeah, this is all in here in the book of names. It's cool hand Luke. <laughs> Keep it in. Lord Cornwallis. Paul Grasso. Carson Birkenbean. Murph E.P. Joe, regular name, Scott. Trendy moron. Devin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Sean Minogue. Vincent Modica. Wormtown Glenn. Luke Canoodles. Wiggle it! <laughs> <laughs> Love that energy. <laughs> Zam Bambino. Hugh Bolin. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Chip Handsome. Matt McClellan. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Nathan Remick. Divaldi. Brett. Reed Stubbendeek. Adam, you goofed. Juan Jalapena. Joey Evans. Carewise Gamgee. Keith Halcrow. Chris, Tranquil Sleepwear Erection Nelson. Timothy Misodoulakis. Clay McCarty. Uncle Cool Brother. Cameron Hansen. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Hambo. Hey, Polly, it's me, Benny Guess. I'm sorry, I didn't should have done an accent. <laughs> hey, Polly, it's me. <laughs> yes, Benny, guess your weight. The spooky dude witch. Anyway, go on and put your hand in my boot box. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like bad East Coast dude. Hey, generally depressing. Dom's sexy ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick. I'm still feeling bad about my offensive stereotype. Raymond Hernandez. <laughs> Flemily. The Crow fans. Matthew Sutton. Yeah, yeah. You know, Chad, it just caught up to me how insulted I am by that accent. Ben <laughs> Bohan. <laughs> Jeffrey Owen Cahey. Lee Wood. Kelsey Kinneman. Damn. Boss Gerritsen. Hey, Eric. It's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. mm. Russell Kasberg. Xavier Jimenez. Brendan Arafin. Liam Neeson's Doe. Crispy Trichus. Scotty Pippen. When Dragons Rule. Streak. Meet Virginia. Jonas Envoldson. Calamity Carl. Germ Juice. Dungeon Kappa. Nick Johnson. MC Hamster. Zach Weir. Limp Duck. Alan G. Jussum. Stephen Day. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julian Lamendia. Adam Muth. Andre Villanueva. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Megan McCormick Mason. Ninja Breadman. Hood Lemon. Got little old Ma pretty Frenched. Peanutburg level 69. Estebena, Lord of Paul's Pants. And a Dr. Chocula. Jimmy Soul. The Davy Boy? Kenny M. Dr. Diarrhea. Moon Juice. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Skelefella. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Lamb is a bone wizard. Mm. A pair of Scots. 
SSJ Trogdor. Hell yeah. Levi Kidder. David Gray. Bryce Diori. That's a dwarf name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matthew Brittato. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. Classic. Carbson. Mike Spaghetti Jones, also a dwarf name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's dwarf he, loves spaghetti. Read a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said it. It's true. Redemption. <laughs> the noodles are denser down the earth. <laughs> Some of Chad's bird friends you might hear even in the recording of this. <laughs> Nicholas Maloney. Midwest Indigo 13. Chris. Thomas Jancis. Eric Horwitz. Tiffany Leah. David Lynch, XXX. Brendan Fraser, 666. Dr. Eggdrop Soupman. I just realized that was a, a robotic parody reference. Lucretia <laughs> McEvil. Elmrelm. Muted Astronaut. Soggy Newspapers. Henri Torbert or oh, Henry Torbert. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a dwarf name. <laughs> All French people are it. dwarfs. Well, uh, I've got some theories, and I am <laughs> very French. <laughs> Wagmar Wigmere. Dakota Camp. John W. Burger's Wonderful World. The Skotag. Adam Knapp. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Kimio Flurf. Bjorn, dear. Nice. We're surprisingly not a dwarf name. <laughs> Serial Killer X. Chick. Matt Skelleman. Milk Punk. Skeletorin. Shuddering Stefan. Gakenti. Mr. Misfire. Mandy Nasty. Llama Lad. Jover the Moon. Benjamin Luther. Edgar's Crassus. 976 Evil. Philip Reynolds. Dennis Wright. Jacob Rogers. Chicago Frank. <laughs> Sub Chicago Frank. Also a dwarf name. Chicago exists in all universes. <laughs> there's always there's always a Sears Tower. There's Nathan Gurney. <laughs> oh, I love this one. Rome Daddy. Rome Daddy. Chad, that was too brilliant. Cameron Ganzeveld. <laughs> Vosivi. Matt Septor. Greg Gervasi. Daryl Flynn. Dakota Kipper. Uh, Greg, is it Gervasi or Gervasi? Please tell me. And Tell us. Tell us. And now, welcoming some new names to the Book of Names You'll Never Escape, Ryan R. Davis. <laughs> Welcome, Pizza Bagel Rocco. I'm so hungry now. Welcome, Scott Wabble. Get on in, Kit Bush. Ooh, jump on in. Take <laughs> off your shoes, Anthony Rodriguez. Now, ascend, B. <laughs> I write your name in blood, Peter McGregor. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Your names are all dwarf names. We fooled you. The whole book. It's dwarves <laughs> the whole way down. It's just dwarves. Thank you. So thanks. Bye. See, see, see y'all in Chicago, a.k.a. Dwarf Town. Bye-bye. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.